Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. I'm going to listen to the evidence. I'm going to listen to the hearings. And by the way, she'll be treated much better than Democrats have typically treated Republican nominees like Clarence Thomas and Brett Kavanaugh. It'll be a respectful, uh, deep dive into her record, which I think is entirely appropriate for a lifetime appointment. That's Mitch McConnell. He was on the Sunday shows and, well, he's right. Cocaine Mitch got it all together. Of course, Ketanji uh, Jackson Brown, Brown Jackson, sorry, is going to be treated better than Brett Kavanaugh. Our problem within this is that we think that somehow Democrats care. They don't learn. They're not interested in it. They're about holding you to a standard while they have none. You think that somehow Democrats are going to treat the next Republican nominee or the next nominee from a Republican president better? You're out of your skull. Out of your mind. And remember, if someone doesn't like a question and they scream racism, that's the person you scream loser at. Not liking a question doesn't mean that the person who asked the question is a racist. It means you screaming racist makes you a loser. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Oh, you got to go in with the fight. Let me give you an example of the fight. The phone number here, by the way, 833-GOT-TONY. 833-468-8669. 833-GOT-TONY. Tony at TonyKatz.com. Twitter, getter at Tony Katz. The Babylon Bee has been uh, locked out of their account on Twitter. Remember, Jack Dorsey is a lowlife. Twitter is hot garbage. And everybody who works there is hot garbage. Why not? A group of people who actively worked to keep journalists from sharing a story because it hurt a preferred candidate of theirs. Those aren't good people. They're hot garbage. They can do it. It's their company, but they're hot garbage. Why not say so? You wouldn't want to raise your son or daughter to grow up to be anybody like those people who say, ooh, I don't like what they have to say, so let's prevent them from saying it by lying. All of those members of the Intel Committee who said a laptop and emails of Hunter Biden, well, <laughs> that smells like Russian disinformation to me. Didn't smell like Russian disinformation. You wouldn't know Russian disinformation if it bit you on the butt. You think John Brennan knew anything about Russian disinformation when he was a commie? <laughs> I said that like it's past tense. Yeah. Awful, awful people. And now they've suspended the Babylon Bee. So the Babylon Bee is that satire site, right? I can't tell you I've ever gone to their website. I usually just read headlines and, and, I, and I laugh. Well, here's the headline that got them suspended. Are you ready? Are you ready? The Babylon Bee's man of the year is Rachel Levine. That's pretty funny. But why is it pretty funny? Well, who's Rachel Levine? Rachel Levine has actually been appointed an admiral. And Rachel Levine works in uh, health services for Joe Biden. Before that, Rachel Levine ran health services for the state of Pennsylvania. Rachel Levine is a man who claims to be a woman. That's who Rachel Levine is. 
Now, you want to call yourself Rachel. I, zero argument from me. Call yourself Rachel, as we've discussed. But Rachel Levine is a man and will always be a man. But Rachel Levine got put on a list by USA Today for Women of the Year. Put on a list of women when Rachel Levine is not a woman. And there are women out there who applaud this. Well, those are women who hate women. Now, I want to make sure I said it again because I'm up for a fight. Why not? I mean, if, if the truth causes a fight, well, then that's a small price to pay for telling the truth. Rachel Levine is a man will always be a man from now until the day Rachel Levine dies. Rachel Levine can choose to live Rachel's life any way Rachel chooses. But he is a man. How dare you think I should lie to myself or others should lie to themselves in order to satisfy whatever is in Rachel's head? I don't care what's in Rachel's head. How about that? I didn't say that anybody sh- that, that any harm should come to him. I don't believe in any of that. You make your choices. I don't have to understand it. I can think it awkward. I can think it strange. I can think it wrong. I can think it dangerous. But it's your life, not mine. And I don't get to decide. Neither do you. I will not be calling somebody she when they're a he. I won't do it. You don't get to decide that for me. I'd rather fight you in the streets. And when you take a man and apply them to a list of women of the year, you're telling women to take a back seat. I don't get this. I don't get the hatred towards women, just like we discussed it with Leah Thomas. That's, that's, a, that's a male swimmer who uh, makes claim that he is a woman and now wins uh, awards and wins events and somehow this is acceptable to people. It's an attack on women and women's sports. I think it's despicable. I believe uh, that the people who support these kinds of things should be fought in the streets if necessary. That's how wrong it is. They are wrong. They are indecent. They are rude. They are bullies. They are despicable. Living your life the way you see fit? Cool. Forcing other people to live their lives differently because of the decisions you made? Nope. Let's fight. The Babylon Bee refers to Rachel Levine as Man of the Year. And Twitter locked them out of their account for hate speech. I would like to know what is hateful about the truth. I didn't say that you had to like it, but it is true. What is hateful about such a thing? The answer, of course, is nothing. But I want to hear people who want to make claim that something's hateful. 833-GOT-TONY. 833-468-8669. Go on. I'm listening. I got two ears and nothing but time, baby. Babylon B gets suspended. Seth Dillon, who runs the Babylon B, is like, I, I don't... It's the truth. I didn't say anything wrong. I'm not going to do away with the tweet. Now, he also points something out very, very interesting. That Twitter statement to the media in response to the suspension of the Babylon Bee, quote, the account you referenced has been temporarily locked for violating our hateful conduct policy. The account owner is required to delete the violative tweet before regaining access to their account. So Seth Dillon makes an extremely good point here that they could delete the tweet themselves, but they won't. It's not enough for them just to wipe it out. They want us to bend the knee and admit that we engaged in hateful conduct.
Now this is accurate. This is like 1984 and going in front of the cameras to admit your transgressions. Begging for apology. Begging for forgiveness. Okay, I did it wrong. I'll get rid of it. That's a very, very good point. Uh, very Orwellian in, in once, once you recognize how it works. They have said that they have no plans of, of deleting it. And they shouldn't. And what it is important for us is to recognize that there are people out there in positions of power who believe that they have the ability to so gaslight you and manipulate your mind, manipulate your mind, whether it be through uh, free speech, whether it be through economics, that you will simply bend the knee and you will simply do their bidding. Parker on Twitter wants to tell me that Jack Dorsey isn't at Twitter anymore. Uh, Jack Dorsey is plenty guilty of putting into the Twitter mind this philosophy and this idea. Let's let's make sure we all are aware um, and, who, uh, and, and understand what it is we're doing here. Just make sure you go with the flow. I, I'd appreciate that. It is imperative. That we say to ourselves, there are things worth, you know, losing your job over. There are things worth them going after you for. How else do you stand up? You don't think I'm aware that this position, one that is, that is, 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 is rooted in, in fact and engaged in fact and demanding the facts, you don't think. I, I, I don't understand exactly what can happen to me. That, that, that I could easily get fired for making a statement as clear as this. But I make my statement a little bit differently because I have a part two. And my part two is me lying to myself is what I did in my 20s and my teen years. And those are the most miserable years of my life. So let now tell me I should continue to do so. I should make myself miserable and all the things that came from that, the depression and worse, so somebody else can live, uh, can force me to lie, right? They're going to live their life and by doing so force me to lie to myself and everybody around me. I won't do it. Lie to my children about the differences between men and women. Oh, there aren't any. You can just be whatever you want. No, no job is worth that. I can't even imagine the life that's worth that. Which is why these things matter so much. They matter greatly. And the position that the Babylon Bee is taking is a good one. I have no idea how long it'll last. No clue. Maybe they don't care about Twitter. Maybe other people just share their stuff and that's it. And that's the way it'll go. But Twitter in every way is wrong. It doesn't matter if they're a private company. They're wrong. And when I refer to the people who work there as garbage, can you imagine supporting this? Now, maybe I'm wrong. And not everybody who works there is garbage. And not everybody who works there supports this. But it's a job and they need the job. 
it's kind of hard to get angry at people who need a job. And I could say to them, you can go get another job. There are lots of jobs out there. But just because there are a lot of jobs out there doesn't mean that that's what you want to do. doesn't mean you're not working on building something up, building a career, et cetera, et cetera. And if you leave, this happens, that happens, the other happens. I never said any of it was easy. What I am saying is that it is not incumbent upon you It is not incumbent upon you to accept a lie. It is not incumbent upon you to accept this fraud. You should note that Twitter's wrong. They didn't do anything wrong over there uh, at at the Babylon Bee. And what if they were just engaged in satire? Can't you do satire anymore? Oh, that's hate speech too? Okay. Not satire is what happened in an ESPN based on a lie about legislation in Florida. That's going to make you scream. Keep it right here. I'm Tony Katz. So ESPN can't stop being woke. Even when they, like, clean house and they get rid of Skipper and... Get rid of that fool Lebetard. Ugh. That they were able to create a new media company, Meadowlark, and and like they're having some success drives me nuts. Or maybe it's inspirational. It shouldn't drive me nuts. It's inspirational. That, you know, anybody can do it. But just the wokeness on wokeness of it all. And how ESPN kind of ruined itself. Ruined the brand and just made it so obnoxious to be around them. And I'm not just talking about the Keith Olbermann crowd. It's just so many of them. Well, they did it again. And they did it again during a women's uh, NCAA game where you had Carolyn Peck and Courtney Lyle. And they are, well, they're very unhappy about Florida's legislation that allows parents to have a say in their kids' education and says that you can't teach transgenderism or or, or sexuality to kids in grades kindergarten through third grade. No, they would rather buy into the idea that it's the don't say gay bill, which of course is not in the bill. It was a lie. A lie told by liars because they don't know how to engage the facts. And instead, these two ESPN broadcasters during a women's game did this. To go, our LGBTQIA plus teammates at Disney asked for our solidarity and support, including our company's support, in opposition to the parental rights in education bill in the state of Florida and similar legislature across the United States. And a threat to any human rights is a threat to all human rights. And at this time, Courtney and I, we're going to take a pause from our broadcast to show our love and support for our friends. And then they took a moment of silence. During, was it halftime, whatever it was, they took a moment of silence to protest a Florida bill that says you don't teach second graders about sexual identity. What the hell is wrong with those two? 
Someone should ask him right there and then, hey, why do you favor teaching this to second graders? What exactly is wrong with you? Why do you want to sexualize second graders? But it isn't the only thing that we've seen that's about sexualization. There's a shop on Etsy, you know, Etsy, you know, the the craft shop, and they're selling underwear to parents. Okay, all right, before I go any further, I have to tell you uh, that this is some unsettling stuff. And so if you have kids in the car or or you're not, you don't want to hear how just backwards and awkward and child abusive and and sexualizing of children some people are you know maybe take the next two minutes and turn down the radio don't turn it off just turn it down okay you've been warned a shop on etsy is selling underwear to parents of male toddlers so they can tuck you know what i'm talking about it's to help affirm that the idea that their boy in one case who had just started potty training is really a girl And as is discussed in another uh, tweet, there's a children's hospital in Portland that talks about safe tucking, which is about moving male genitalia out of the way. Don't be proud of who you are. Be ashamed of who you are. This is about teaching children... Oh, no, no, gender's fluid. You just move that, do that. No, no, now you're this, and now you're that. That's what they want to do to kids. Of course, parents should be up in arms. Of course, all rational adults who aren't predators should be fighting back. If you're somebody who actively believes that children should be tucking, you're going to get called a groomer. And the people who do it are going to be Right. This is what's happening. And now someone asked these two ESPN people what it is that they are actually um, protesting. Because I'm protesting second graders being taught how to tuck. And if you're not, well, then I don't know how we're supposed to be friends. But when you engage a moment of silence, you're saying you actively support second graders being taught this and that means you're not allowed near second graders but if ESPN wants these kinds of hosts good to know we'll spend less time listening to the nonsense of ESPN I thought they'd gotten rid of the wokeness but obviously that's not the case Facebook Tony Katz radio keep it right here this is Tony Katz today will uh, be your biggest cheerleader. They're in your camp. They have every right to pick who they want to pick. There won't be this constant attack on you like Judge Kavanaugh and other conservative judicial appointments. There won't be any questioning of where you go to church, what kind of groups you're in in church, how you decide to raise your kids, what you believe in, how you believe in God. Nobody's going to do that to you. And that's a good thing. So you're the beneficiary of a lot. You're the beneficiary of Republican nominees having their lives turned upside down. And it didn't work. So I'm hoping that we can have a hearing that's respectful, that's informative, that's challenging. 
And President Biden has every right to pick who he'd like to pick. That comes with winning the White House. And I've been very inclined to support the picks of people that I would not have chosen. But this is a new game for the Supreme Court. And this game is particularly disturbing to me. That was Senator Lindsey Graham as he is addressing the Senate Judiciary Committee. They are engaged in the hearing, day one of the hearing to uh, confirm the nomination of Ketanji Jackson Brown, Ketanji Brown Jackson. Funny, I can get Ketanji right, but the last name I'm screwing up. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. So good to be with you. You're seeing it on Twitter a lot as KBJ because it's just it's it's easier than writing out Ketanji Brown Jackson. And as I've been saying, somebody who believes that the Constitution is a living document is not somebody who is qualified. That's my take. But he's absolutely right. The media is in her camp and everyone's going to love her and she's not going to have to deal with any of the insanity that Kavanaugh or Amy Coney Barrett or Gorsuch had to deal with. Because the Republicans won't do it. And so people are going to say, why not? Democrats are going to do it to the next nominee that comes from a Republican president. They're going to try to eviscerate. And I'm telling the next nominee, don't sit there and take it. Punch people back in the throat. Call them garbage. Tell uh, Cory Booker to his face, I don't give a damn if you vote for me or not, you bigot. You lowlife, low-class jerk. By the way, I don't even know if Booker's still on the committee. You tell Maisie Hirono, I don't give a damn what you do. Don't greet me with your aloha if you're not going to treat me with the aloha. Take that out back. Don't care if you like me or not. When a nominee starts talking like that, I think things will get more interesting. And then maybe things will settle down. But we have some bigger fish to fry. We've got some serious nonsense to dig into. And we've got some very, very interesting stuff to dig into. Um, First... Senator Chris Murphy will talk nonsense. The senator from Connecticut, who I, I consider to be like, if if you were going to put a photo in the dictionary next to beta male, it's Senator Chris Murphy. And producer Ari hates when I talk this way, but it is what it is what it is. And this was his latest nonsense. Time to do the Iran deal. There's no choice but to do the Iran deal. I mean, where do you trust the Russians? I mean, this is a case where we have to, we're, we're, we're working with the Russians on this. It seems like an awkward time to do that. Cut the Russians out. I mean, you don't need the Russians, right? The material that was being removed from Iran on the original nuclear deal went to Russia. There are other countries that can take it. You ultimately don't need the blessing of the UN to get this deal done. You- In that less than 30 seconds, Senator Chris Murphy, Democrat from Connecticut, shows you how ignorant he is. He's talking about the Iran deal, uh, the Biden administration aggressive to create, trying to create another nuclear deal. Why? Because, well, Trump got rid of it, the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action. We have to bring it back because if Trump got rid of it, we have to bring it back. Those are the rules, except those aren't the rules. Only a fool would do this and play this game. Enter Joe Biden. But to do this, you need a rant to come back to the table to be willing to engage in a deal. And the Iranians are like, yeah, we don't, we don't, we have no interest in doing that whatsoever. None. We have no interest in working with the United States. Screw it. 
We don't need this. If they want us, they're going to have to give us a lot to get us back to the table. Because it's not about something that stops them from becoming a nuclear power. They're already halfway there. They're already enriching. What he's talking about is who's going to take the materials. That's what this new deal offers. Who's going to take the materials? Who's going to clean things out? None of that matters because the Iranians lie. They're going to end up with billions of dollars that has been frozen. They're going to use it for terrorism because there's not a single safeguard that exists on how the money is used to therefore make a deal inoperable. Biden needs the deal and he doesn't care how it gets done. So he needed the Russians to bring the Iranians to the table, the same Russians he is now calling war criminals. You want to know how weak Joe Biden is? There you go. So a deal can't be done by cutting out the Russians. It cannot be done. Senator Murphy, once again, doesn't know what he's talking about. The only senator, by the way, who has ever reached out to this show to say, you said this about Senator Murphy, and that's not true. You have to rewrite it. And I didn't rewrite it. I said, here's what Senator Murphy said, his people said, and here's how we responded. That was it. You know, somebody reaches out and says, no, 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 it's actually this. I'll look. We did not, re- we did not restate what we said. No, 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 no. We said, here's what they said, and here's our response. But there is not only, first, you can't cut out the Russians. Secondly, the idea that there is no choice but to do the Iran deal is ridiculous. This is a guy who doesn't know how to negotiate. He doesn't know how to think. He doesn't understand the situation. Yet we trust him in a position of power is proof of the failures going on within the United States. Want more proof? Nayib Bukele. Nayib Bukele is the president of El Salvador. And he took to Twitter because of a piece on Bloomberg. Bloomberg opinion. Talking about inflation. And they put out a tweet that says inflation stings most if you earn less than $300,000. So I got to assume for a large amount of Americans, inflation stings. Here's how to deal. Take the bus. Don't buy in bulk. Try lentils instead of meat. Nobody said this would be fun. They actually put this in a tweet pointing to an article that they wrote. Inflation's too much? Take the bus. Government control of your movement. That's what it is. Anybody who says otherwise is just crazy. The bus is government control of your movement. So is the subway. And for the record, I love subways. I, like in D.C., I love the metro. Except now it's just so super dangerous, I wouldn't take it. But I took the Metro for forever when I lived in D.C. But now that there's Uber and Lyft, and I don't have to go from government point A to point B, I can go from my point A to point B, I'll stick with Uber and Lyft. Thank you very much. Well, not everybody can afford Uber and Lyft. That's your argument? That's your argument for more government-controlled transportation? You know, my beloved Indianapolis is made up of pseudo-intellectuals on the city county council and the mayor's office and other places who believe in this idea. More buses, a 20th century solution to a 21st century problem on the movement of people. Clearly, Uber and Lyft are better. From where I am to where exactly where I want to be versus where the government says I have to go to get to where they say I can go. Don't buy in bulk. So you change your shopping habits. Just accept the fact that there's less. Buying less is good for you. 
Well, that's not any level of conditioning now, is it? Try lentils instead of meat. And when we're out of lentils, caterpillars. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, not caterpillars. Maybe it's just the cockroaches. What's the one with the protein producer, Ari? What's what? It's the crickets. You're right. Oh, yeah. You can't get, if you can't get meat, you get lentils. If you can't get lentils, you get crickets. That's, that's what you do. I assume it's just seconds away from Venezuela and you're just trying to capture pigeons on the sidewalk. In what society of growth do they tell you, do with less? Now, when a dietitian tells you to do with less, they're talking about you specifically to your health. But in what society do they tell you to do with less? Not a healthy one. There is no healthy society that tells you to do those things. Enter Naib Bukele. He is the president of El Salvador, and as the president of El Salvador, he has said some interesting things. He once stated that the problem with El Salvador is the reason people try to head to the United States. And if El Salvador was better and there were more jobs, people wouldn't leave and we'd be able to grow our country. Now, I'm not saying I know everything about the man or I would agree with every level of policy that he has. I'm saying that's a smart take. Naib Bukele on Twitter. The most powerful country in the world, meaning the United States, is falling so fast that it makes you rethink what are the reasons. Something so big and powerful can't be destroyed so quickly unless the enemy comes from within. Absolutely positively correct. This was always the argument. The commies knew they couldn't destroy America from outside. They would have to destroy it from within. They knew this. And that brings us to Representative Ocasio-Cortez. She is a commie. Now, I want to make sure that I'm understood when I say that Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is a commie. I am saying that Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, let me say it again, I don't want to make a mistake, I am saying, I, Tony Katz, am saying that Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is a communist, has a love affair with Karl Marx, and wants to see us go down that road. She is terrible for America based on her policies and her own statements, her own childlike policies and her own childlike statements, and what she used to be good at, which was social media, has now gone away. It started with, the, with, with, with this nonsense... It started with this nonsense of her wearing this tax the rich dress and it has just proceeded to go downhill that she has totally disconnected herself from the people who used to pay attention to her and from uh, America writ large. She has made herself look the fool time and time again with her childlike policies and this, what I'm about to share with you is further proof that she has given up the social media game. She is no longer capable of moving a message of value. And she used to be very capable of that. Very, very capable of that. This is Representative Ocasio-Cortez uh, putting out, a, I, I think this is TikTok. I don't think this was a real, this was TikTok. Tell you a secret. Most people don't really know what capitalism is. Most people don't even know what socialism is. But most people are not capitalists. Okay, let's take a breath. Let's take a breath and let's take a beat and let's, and let's take this in, shall we? 
I don't think you're supposed to, to laugh at her. She's a very serious woman. Why are you laughing? It's not that. Bad news. Bad news indeed. Most people don't know what capitalism is. Most people don't know what socialism is. And if you ask her why, well, she will tell you. Tell you a secret. Most people don't really know what capitalism is. Most people don't even know what socialism is. But most people are not capitalists because they don't have capitalist money. They're not billionaires. Sometimes the label doesn't matter as much as just talking about policies. That's easier to understand. Do you think people should die because they can't afford insulin? Do you think that fossil fuel CEOs should decide whether the planet gets set on fire? Me neither. She sounds like a crazy person. She sounds like a conspiracy theorist crazy person. Now, she knows nothing about capitalism. You know, she has a degree in economics. <laughs> All right, that's enough of that. She has a degree in economics. You think you have to be a billionaire in order to be a capitalist because you have to be investing? Or are you a capitalist because you're taking the money you do have and or investing in yourself and trying to grow a business or an idea or a concept? And what is the what is this about the price of uh, of of insulin? What is what is that again? Understand? Do you think people should die because they can't afford insulin? No. What's your argument? That the price of insulin is too high? Okay, go have that conversation. But it has nothing to do with capitalism. It has nothing to do with me creating a business or you creating a business. What is she talking about? And why is she whispering? like a crazy person. Now, in the second video, she gives it all away. Listen carefully. Unionize your workplace. Start a worker cooperative. If it's too extreme for working people to own the means of production, why is it okay for private billionaires to own the means of production? The means of production? When I call her a communist, She's cribbing Marx, baby. What else am I supposed to call her? A gentle soul? She's stealing from Karl freaking Marx. What do you want from me? Am I not supposed to notice? This child whispering into a camera who's an actual member of Congress wants us to follow the, 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 the teachings and the philosophies of Karl Marx. The means of production. Holy heck. If you check out my video series, The Morning Rumble, uh, from today. First, weird microphone issues. Did you catch it, Producer Ari? I heard clips of it, and I was like, what is happening? Did you suck on a helium balloon? It, 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 was, like, it was like a nitrous thing, right? It, was, it sounds very deep. And I don't know what's... I think it's a microphone issue. But it's like the second time that's happened. It happened on TV once. It happened there. And the only thing that would be connected is the microphone. So I'm going to try a new microphone. Uh, maybe, you know, there's a battery in it. Maybe, maybe that's it. But my gosh, I, I broke this down even further. She's a child. And she's a fool. And she's a communist. And make sure you tell that to your kids. And anybody who will listen. And this is what she's doing on social media? Pathetic. I'm Tony Katz.